Welcome to the No Picks After Dark Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Dante. Today, we have a very, very special guest for you guys. Like I said, 2020 is a new year, and I really wanted to step out my boundaries, get out my get out my comfort zone, and went out and meet new people for the podcast. Uh, in the past, you heard me talk with people who I've known my entire life. This year, we're going to do it a little bit differently, and uh, you know, make sure so I, you guys can see the effort and work I put in day in and day out for this podcast. So, without further ado, today we have a young man who he's doing his he's doing his thing in Baltimore right now. I mean, I first saw him on. W uh, on a Fox uh, radio TV show, and I saw some of his work in a famous magazine, and then we got connected through a mutual acquaintance, a young lady by the name of Heather. Shout out to Baltimore Browse. She's a shop in Baltimore. She was on the No Picks of the Dark podcast. But without further ado, Mr. Tony, how you doing today, man? What's going on, man? It's a pleasure to be here. Shout out to Heather too for the connection. No doubt. No how doubt. Are you. No doubt. She definitely, we've been trying to do this for like six months, right? Yeah, yeah, man. It, it's been all my fault. Not going to lie. I'm just going to put it out there. I, I dropped the ball twice. But the third time I was like, all right, all right, I'm picking it up. I'm taking accountability. And I'm glad I did because as soon as I came, man, you treated me to coffee. Man, listen, this is, dude, I'm in heaven right now, man. Hey, uh, hey again, we want to make it, <laughs> we want to make sure everybody's comfortable, you know? Yo, it's and a blessing. This is the first time we've actually met. So it's yes. a beautiful thing. And we've talked back and forth through Instagram and text messages and emails. And, yes, sir. And I really wanted him on the show because he's doing so many great things and he's, great, he's a great writer. He's also a stylist. Yes. I mean, Pre- this guy is doing everything. He has, <laughs> uh, he's an entrepreneur also. Absolutely. And so without further ado, um, Tony, like, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? What's going on? Um, so I'm from uh, Fredericksburg, Virginia, um, small town on the map. You know, when I say Fredericksburg, most of the people are like, what is that? You making that up? Nah, it's in Virginia, um, Northern Virginia, but um, but yeah, I'm from Fredericksburg. That's where my family's from. Um, but I went back and forth between Virginia and Maryland. I graduated in Maryland at Arundel High School, so I'm definitely familiar with Maryland. But um, first time kind of being in Baltimore. We've been here for four years now. Me and my wife, I love it. You know, so yeah, man, just from from VA. That's what's up. That's what's <laughs> up. So. Um, you are writing. Writing is your passion. Yes. Where did it start from? I mean, help us, help, get the listeners to give you like a background, your writing. I mean, what is your earliest memory of enjoying to write? Man, that's tough. Um, I fell in love with writing at an early age. Um, I remember um, my mom bought me a Langston Hughes book um, when I was in the seventh grade. And... Um, and what happened was before she bought it, um, you know, I, I, I took it out from the library. I remember it was like a purple book with gold letters on there. I was reading about it and I couldn't, I was just, and I never used to like reading, you know, when I was younger, you know, just for the record, you know. Um, but this book really caught my attention. I was amazed that a black man could make a living off writing, you know, just off writing back then. That like caught my attention. I was like, wow. And so I kept, you know, renting this book every time, every two weeks I would renew it at the library. And then um, eventually, you know, my mom, just just bought me the book, you know, and she and she bought it for me, and, you know, and I just fell in love with it. I was like, wow, this is amazing, you know, his story, and that really caught my interest with writing. Um, 
just seeing, you know, some of Langston Hughes reading his poetry, but but hearing his story, and I'm like, man, this is amazing. Um, and that led, you know, and, and then, you know, in 2006, that's when I kind of started with blogging, you know, with my cousin. Shout out to um, Dom and Tay. We had a website called uh, SoDiction.com that was just basically sneakers, music, and art that we did, and that was my entryway into writing for the world. And from there, um, went from blogging to, um, you know, writing for... Um, GQ, um, the edition, which is a menswear magazine in London, um, and then also for um, Rouch Mag. And so, yeah, from there, literally, you know, from blogging to publications and, you know, for brands. So I guess you kind of answered to one of my questions I was going to ask was, who was your influence? Was it a cousin, mom? You said your cousin, the blog? Did you receive us? I know you have a sister. Yeah. Was there yeah. somebody that was like a writer already that just influenced you, like see how they're writing as a family member? Or I know you said Langston Hughes, you saw him, but writing, but was there? Yeah. Another writer that really influenced me was Glenn O'Brien. He wrote for GQ. He was the style guy. And that was, and early on, that's why GQ. You know, to write for GQ was always a goal for mine. It's so weird. It's I remember being in the barbershop with my dad. We used to go to the barbershop on Thursdays, and I would just, you know, there was always like a stack of magazines there, and I would look at it, and I would always read the column that was, you know, titled The Style Guy, and I never knew who it was, but, like, I liked the way that he he wrote how it was, you know, he would answer questions that people would write, you know, so they would ask, you know, can I wear a leather jacket with dress pants or what kind of shoes should, you know, he would just answer these questions that people would send to him. And I liked the way how he used comedy and knowledge to write, you know, and I, I didn't know you can do that. Like, this guy is funny, but at the same time, he's dropping knowledge, like in a way that wasn't, you know, as he's explaining to these, you know, to the, to the writers, he broke it down in a way that wasn't elementary, that offended them. But at the same time, that was a formula where they can grasp it. And I was like, wow, this dude has that balance between not insulting the reader, but also informing them. There's a sweet middle ground, and he's he's amazing at it. And so when I got older and I realized, you know, I you know, found out who Glenn O'Brien was in the RIP, um, I was like, man, I just, I love that column. I was like, man, if I was to ever write... I would want to write like him because you can hear his voice. And I never heard him speak when I was younger, but you can hear his voice through writing, which was amazing. So he was a, definitely like a heavy influence um, with fashion, you know, and, and, and then Mitch Album with like just writing in general, my favorite um, author of all time. You know, I love I love his books. So so just for, I mean, I, I, I try to do podcasts where people think relatable, you know, and Absolutely. I know a lot of people who, friends that are writers, I uh, just had a young lady on my podcast who just wrote a book. Oh, wow. A children's book. And um, she always wrote. She always did poems. She did things of that nature. Uh, did you pick up writing in high school or was it, you, were you like any, any writing clubs or was this after high school you kind of found that love and passion for it or, yeah. you, you know, I, I mean, go ahead. No, yeah, I, it's funny because I'm, I'm literally thinking like this, this is like making me think back because I'm like, man, where was this? You know, there's almost like I... I definitely was, uh, I mean, I remember doing poetry in middle school, but on the low, you know, and me and my sister, we used to rap, so, you know, we used to write raps and, and things like that, but I don't think I took writing seriously until college, you know, when I read, and I think it goes back to books, you know, um, and not to jump over the place, but, you know, like when people... Um, I worked in I worked in the middle school, and um, me and my sister we have a company now that that works with students. Um, but the thing that is that is always the common question or the common statement is that teachers say you know kids don't like to read kids don't like to read, 
And I think kids do like to read, but you got to give them things that they like to read. And I think if you can get a kid to read things that they like, they will automatically want to write, you know. And that's what happened to me, you know, because I remember reading Chris Gardner, The Pursuit of Happiness, when I was in college. That was like the first book I did not have to read for school or anybody else. I just read it on my own and before the movie came out. And I was like, this book is amazing, you know. And that kind of, you know, again, I started writing Cause I was just like, man, I, I want to write, you know, something about my life. You know, I never wrote a book in my life, but just writing in general. And so I think reading is so connected to writing. If you find something that inspires you to read, you're going to want to write, you know. And um, yeah, so I, I, I definitely started writing more in college when we were doing the sneaker blog. We was doing interviews. That's when we were, I mean, we were going crazy with just content, you know, we did interviews early on with Big Sean. We did interviews early on with Kendrick Lamar. We did interviews. This was all like hip hop and, and and things. I remember like the Vic Ross, um, the Port of Miami um, album review was on Global Grind. Complex was like tagging like a lot of the stuff that we was doing that was making its way over there. This was like when the internet was like it was like two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Internet was popping. It was popping. You know, it was like man. You know, we we was getting. You know, it was early on, and and I loved it. So I realized. Man, you can you can write about things, you know, on the internet and people enjoy, you know, seeing you writing. And I was going to a lot of people personal blogs back then. That's when people I mean, that's for Instagram. So if you had a personal blog, that was your Instagram. And so I loved how people documented their life. They did like concert reviews, they talked about what shoes they were wearing. So I was like, Man, this is cool, you know. So I really started writing in college, you know. I find that interesting what you said. Um, you said something very important that resonated with me. And maybe if the audience is listening, find something that children like to read. Yes. My parents, and this is a confession, and I'm glad you brought this up. I hated to read. See? I did. Yeah. Uh, um, I remember I had, even in middle school, we had to read a book each summer. And I had to write a book report to my parents. (laughs) Make sure I read the book. And I hated reading books. Yeah. Uh, And my mom was like, Boy, you gotta read. Yeah. <laughs> this, that's what, and then my dad's like, all the knowledge is in the books. All, right? the, all the knowledge. You wanna learn, the knowledge is in the books. And what happened with me was, it's funny you say this. Back in the day, you remember, I remember everybody's magazines. Yes. And I remember you could order kid magazines, like at school or whatever it may be. Yeah. I, my parents were like, he likes sports a lot. Let me order Sports Illustrated for him. And the people don't remember it back in the day. It was Sports Illustrated. And there was another sports magazine. I can't remember what it was. But my parents were like, we're going to have them read. Let, have them read something, like you said, that they like reading. That they like. Um, I used to read Jet Magazine for front to back cover. Yeah. yeah. I used to read Ebony Magazine. Yeah, 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 small. Yeah. Ebony, Ebony Magazine, front to back cover. My dad used up. to get Black Enterprise. Oh, yes. And I used to read Black Enterprise from front to back. Now, that got me into liking to read. Understanding what's going on in the world, you know, and then when I got a little bit, a little bit older, I started appreciating Black History, Malcolm X, you know, biography, yes, and all those this understanding, Haley. all those, you know, and I made sure that I learned a lot and learned about my history and understanding because those those things weren't taught in school. No, no, and it's just funny you say that, and, and that's where my interest in got into reading. So that's funny you say that because that resonates with me, and maybe it resonates with a lot of listeners out here. Because you just said, find something you like, you know? I mean, it's crazy. The, one, the, friendly, the best books I always remember, and you'll laugh at this, is C.S. Lewis, 
the line in which the wardrobe. Now, it sounds goofy <laughs> yeah, as hell, yeah, yeah. but back in the day. Dude, that's classic. That's a classic. Yeah. And I remember I was younger and I was like, I, I got all the books. Yeah. And I was like, read them all. My yeah. parents were like, wow, he really liked something. Yeah. It was imaginary. It was something, a different world. Exactly. And it took me somewhere else that I didn't, it was something that wasn't on earth. So, the books of the passport. Yeah, right, exactly. So, I, I appreciate you saying yeah. that because that really, that's a beautiful thing. I like you saying that because, um, so, well, you, so you did bring it up, so we can jump around. That's fine. We can jump around. Okay. We can jump around. So another thing that you got going on, explain that. You said you and your, I saw I saw you on TV. Yeah, yeah. And you were on, on, on Fox News in the morning time, Baltimore local, right? Yeah. And I saw you and your sister doing something very positive for Baltimore City. Because I yeah. need positivity in Baltimore City. You know, we hear all these negative things about this and that. And I yeah. saw you doing something that was very proud. And I was smiling ear to ear. When I saw you and I was like, man, this is what it's all about. So go ahead. Before, Absolutely, go ahead. man. Go ahead. appreciate that, man. Go ahead. Tell and, me what's uh, going on. So, so me and my sister, we, we, have a, uh, so we have a book publishing company called LipBridge. And, and underneath that, we created a publishing literacy program for kids called Generation Right Now, um, W-R-I-T-E. Um, and so we went on Fox um, just to talk about like a publishing program that we're launching this year. We did a lot of planning in 2019 to get it right because we wanted to, um, you know, go into schools, organizations, teach kids about, you know, publishing, teach them about copyright, trademark, um, and educate them because, you know, when you're an author, you're an entrepreneur. And kids really, you know, kids are so entrepreneur-minded at an early age that we want to tap into that. And the problem now, you know, is kids having a hard time with reading comprehension, meaning they don't really remember what they're reading because they were just reading it but not really reading for understanding. Um, they have a hard time with writing. They have a hard time, you know, um, kind of explaining what they read, let alone writing about what they read. And we kind of wanted to fix that, you know, fix that narrative, you know. And so with our program, we, we go into schools and organizations, you know, we do like a six-week program where we teach them about publishing and then we have the class or the group write a book. And put, it's, it's, so we create an anthology where each kid in this program contributes one page to this book on one common theme. And then at the end, we publish this book. Um, we, we, we send it over to the school and the organization. And then the school can do a book launch and sell these books to raise money for their school. So we want to kind of create an economy where, you know, these programs that don't get a lot of funding, that the kids, you know, anyone can write a kid a check. Anyone can write a kid uh, or a program a check. But I think when you really invest in the kid and they can see it for themselves, well, you know, you make them accountable. Like, you know what, we're going to learn something, but also, you know, we're going to raise money for this, you know, and so they're doing the work. And they really own it. That's the cool thing about it. Like, that's the thing that keeps us coming back is that once the kids, you know, and they're not all excited about writing. Let's get it I'm getting 100% clear. Some of them are just like, man, this is more work, you know. But once they into it and they own it, they love it. And then, you, I mean, to see the, the, the look on the kids' faces when they see their name in a book, you know, and they see something they contributed, like their whole face just lights up. I know how it works, because I remember when I was first published in a magazine, like my name, oh my, I got a body name, I got, I got a name in it, like I'm in here, you know? It's so for them, it's amazing because they, they get to experience that way younger, you know? And then they do, you know, a book launch, and we get uh, my niece who's a DJ, she comes in and she DJs for the book launch, the kids, you know, they raise money for it. And then, and then they get resources. Not only does they get, you know, money for the school and the program, but a kid walks away with a skill. Now they know they can do this on their own, you know. And so that's what we want to do. We want to help kids, you know, learn a skill, but also, you know, learn about writing and publishing, you know. Because when you publish something, 
that's residual income. You know what I'm saying? The thing is, you think about um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. You know, every, every you know, history, you know, when publishing, if you publish that book, you can pass your rights down to your grandkids. And then once you, if you pass away, they can still receive royalties off the book that you wrote only once, which is passive income. You know what I'm saying? We create generational wealth. And so we want to teach kids early on about generational wealth, knowing that, you know, look at Instagram. You know, we post pictures on Instagram. What are we doing, essentially? We're creating free content for them that they're not even paying for. You know what I'm saying? But we don't get the royalties off it. You know what I'm saying? So but when you publish a book, that's yours, you know? Uh, wow. You, you Okay. Okay. You just, you just, uh, yeah. We might have to rewind that. We might have to rewind that. For, Instagram, don't close my account. <laughs> we, might, we might have to rewind that for the people in the, people in the background here. Hold up. Absolutely. You, you just dropped some real knowledge there that, uh, <laughs> wow, you just you hit me in the head real quick. Have me stump yeah. because you just said something very, very important. You can publish a book and those residual royalties can go, Passed down from generation to generation. Absolutely. And that money can, and your name's always, or the family's name, the money's always there. Always there. And the craziest thing you just said was we're doing the same thing for Instagram, but they're making the money off you. <laughs> they're you're making work, you're, everything. You're working for free for Instagram. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To get it popping, you know, free content. Without photos, there's no content. Without the content, no value. <laughs> you know? No, no, that, that's, that's, you know what? That's interesting that you say that. Because I just, when you said that, I was like, you know what? That, you, he's, he's, he's hitting it right in the head. So I guess one of my, one of my other questions was for you was, um, I mean, you, I guess you were into fashion also. So Because yes. we, we established your writing background. Yeah. Fashion. Where did I? Where, I, mean, I mean, here's the thing. I think I got a little fashion. I'm not. I'm not. No, you, you got I'm, it. I'm, I'm, I'm chilling, dude. But, but I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. You be, got. You got your style. What, what I got my it? own style. Yes, and that's what I love. I love seeing people with their own style. Right. Right. And so what? So how do you? Because we're we're, we're going to get to GQ. Okay. We're going we're to work our way there. Okay. You talked about how you used to write about sneakers in college. Where did you get the fashion sense from? Where did yeah. was was like? Because I know. And sometimes I have certain cousins and aunts, uncles, and who had they're fly, man. Yeah, they get dressed to the tens. Yeah, um, you know they always wear suits, clean shoes. Um, shoes. That has gone away in society now. I mean, like I mean, looking clean, looking you know, it was different, different era. More casual. More casual. So, how did you get into fashion? How did you get into being a stylist? Like, where did it start from? I, I, I... I think since I'm older now, I can admit it. I think it came from my dad. You know, I would never admit that like years ago because my dad's a suit and tie guy all the way, like classic, like all the classic essentials. My dad has like over 300 suits, no lie, and half of them are like navy and black. You know, maybe two are like gray and beige. But um, he just taught me the importance of, you know, um, my dad always worked at a menswear store. So, um, and you know, always a manager. So people come in the door, he's doing the, the fitting, he's doing the matching, the shirts and all that. And um, so I learned that, I learned the foundation of fashion through my dad and, um, and everything else, man, I, I literally just learn, um, learn from the streets of just seeing people. You know, I'm a people person by nature anyway. I love seeing people um, expression, like, you know, and so I just like seeing how people wore certain things, you know, with confidence, you know, what, you know, whether it was right or wrong, you know, like I love the way people would do it, you know, like Pharrell Williams is like, the GOAT to me, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, early Kanye, you know, just 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 being a fan of hip hop alone, you know, just like 
man, just seeing these people dress. And so that was like, you know, I was into that. My dad was more into the the, the, the classics. So whenever I would come into my dad's job, he'd be like, oh, Lord, my son's coming in. He these baggy pants and oversized hoodie, you know what I'm saying? And now it's funny because, you know, I taste, you know, it's, it's kind of the same now, you know. And, I, and so I appreciate that. But definitely, you know, looking at people's style, um, I think one guy who's really impacted me that I, I got a chance to meet um, and interview years ago for the Standard Magazine was Marcus Paul. Marcus Paul is, uh, he's Pusha T stylist, but he's done style job. He's styled Jay-Z. He's styled Derek Jeter. He's styled, like, man, everybody. But he's Pusha T um, personal stylist. And we met in New York um, for an interview we was doing for, um, for a magazine. And just kind of talking to him, um, Cause I was still early on in my personal styling game, but just seeing, you know, how he 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 dropped a lot of gems. He was just like, you know, it got to make sense, and it's all about the details, and that always stuck with me. Got to make sense, and it's all about the details. And sense is what makes sense to you. Don't make don't mean how to make sense to everybody else, but it's about the details, you know. And just seeing his style, how it was clean, it was cut, you know, very detailed. I mean, he got, you know, one one thing he got like the the Dior pants, and you know, he got these, you know, nice sneakers on, but then he got the the Rolex on, you know what I'm saying? And he got these simple glasses on. I'm just like. Dude, this is like I I love it, you know. So um, that's what really got me into fashion. I, my my thing with fashion too is I always said, you know, let your style make a statement without you making a statement. I like that. <laughs> that's I, a, I, I like that. I like, I, like, I like how you said that. So that's how I got. That's you know, in a nutshell, that's how I got into it. Wow. So you are blogging about yeah. style yeah. and fashion. And you're getting the you're getting the love out there. You're meeting people yep. in the industry, and this is picking up in college, correct? Yeah, in college. Okay, it's picking up in college. Um, before you hit GQ, who who was the who was the the bridge that got you to where you got to, got there? Um, so I started writing. Um, started writing for um, So Addiction. I got blog that we just had, and then from there, um, I started doing um, writing for this um, blog. This men were um, blog that was. A little bit higher up, it's called Vouch Mag. Okay. So Vouch Mag kind of helped me cement it in, you know, um, a lot of stuff. And then from Vouch, um, and by the way, man, I would be in, I, would, I used to go to Barnes Noble a lot when I was in Virginia. Like, no lie, I would be there at 9 o'clock when they open, you know, with my coffee in my car, waiting for them to open until, like, it was time for me to go to work. I would brought, so I knew every new magazine that would come in. Like, if I, I was like, that wasn't here yesterday. Let me check this out. And so kind of how I got to that point was I saw a new magazine on the shelf called The Standard. It was called The Standard, S-T-N-D-R-D. And it was a member of publication. Dude, and I said to myself, I was like, yo, I'm going to write for this magazine. I, and, and, and I never wrote for any publication. My goal was always publication because I want something I can hold. I can show my kids one day. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wrote for this. You know, websites come and go. I wrote something for so many different websites that you try to pull them up now, they're gone. You know what I'm saying? So... Published, you know, print was always important to me. When I saw this magazine, I was like, yo, I'm going to write for this magazine. So I did what anybody would do. Once you find out something, I found the editor and I bugged the hell out of him. You know, I, I found him on Twitter. I found his Instagram account. I saw, you know, I was like, dude, can I write for the magazine? Please let me write. Please let me write. Then they asked me for like first two weeks. I just kept blowing up his DMs, like literally. I'm surprised the dude did not report me because I'm like, dude, I, let me write. Let me send you some samples of my work. Finally, he was like, all right, let me... Send me some work and we talk. Sent some samples. You're like, you know what? I like your writing style. Like, you know, you got a very down to earth approach with writing. Started, and I started a column called The Standard Style. 
where I would highlight fashion for celebrities. So ASAP Rocky, Chance the Rapper, um, then Marcus Paul, that was for the one in New York. My holy grail story, you know, like I told you earlier, you know, my fashion icon was the first one I did for print was for Rel Williams. Man, when he told me, like, yo, this is what would you write about? This is, you know, what I, and he told me, and, and, and well, magazine, nothing's not promised. So he's like, you know, and I worked on that editorial for like two weeks straight. I was just like work mode. I was like, oh, this is my shot, you know. I remember I wrote it. Um, and I forgot, but you know, with, with online things happens more faster. With print, I, I, I didn't know the process because I never wrote for print before. And so I submitted it. I didn't hear anything back from Adam. I'm like, oh man, this must have sucked. You know, like he probably just didn't like it, you know. And I'm a Pharrell fan, so I was like, man, this is not going to happen, you know. And then I remember I was on vacation with my family in Virginia Beach. Um, I get an email from Adam. This is like, dude, this is like two months later. You know what I'm saying? And he's like, yo, he sent me the, the proof. He was like, yo, I'm, I'm going to show you the proof for go to print. And I'm like, it made it. You know, like, I'm like, what? You know, and I'm like, this is crazy. And then, you know, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm geeking out. And then I'm like, all right, when's it coming out? And he's like, well, we let you know. Still just over. Month later again, like, I almost forgot about it. And then he sent me emails. like, dude. Go to Barnes & Noble next week. It's going to be on the shelf. Went there. Dude, I bought like like two copies because I was still broke. <laughs> Just two copies. And, uh, and eight's my favorite number. That's my favorite number because my birthday is September 8th. This was issue eight that, you know, I made it in a printed column. And it was Pharrell Williams who's, like my, who's the GOAT. I was like, man, look how God works. You know what I'm saying? So once I started getting in print, I started building my resume. I started to have more credibility. And then um, I reached out to GQ. Shout out to Mo Life. He's the guy that definitely hooked me up. I was like, dude, I've been a fan of GQ since forever. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, just let me write. You didn't even got to pay me. I just want to be able to write. You know, I got stories that I want to, you know, kind of put out there. It gave me the shot. Um, and I started writing for GQ, you know, GQ South Africa. And then I hooked up with another lady. I cannot forget her name. I feel so bad right now. But she went for GQ Australia. And then she was like, let me, I'm going to hook you up over here. And so I started writing for GQ. And then that's how, you know, it started building up, you know, with GQ. And I was like, dude, this is crazy. You know, again, same thing, man. I, you know, I'm thinking, like, they're just going to put, like, GQ staff. They ain't going to put my name or nothing like that. And they gave me writer's credit. I was like, oh, this is dope. Because as a writer, you know, you may write something, and then they just put, like, staff. Like, they don't even give you credit, so you don't even, you can't even, like, claim it or put it on your resume. But they each gave me my bio column name, you know, which was good. And, yeah, man, just been in there since, man. So, so uh, how so... This was your lifelong dream. Yes, yeah, to yeah, get yeah. into GQ magazine. Yeah, to get into GQ. Um, when you finally got in, man, how did it feel like as far as accomplishments in your life when you you're doing this? You're, you're and what I what I like about your story, and I want people to hear out there, do not give up. Never. And what I really really like, which was I want people to if they didn't, they missed it. This young man went to Barnes and Noble every day before work. <laughs> he looked at every magazine. He read every magazine. He was there. He wanted to know what was going on. He wanted to know because that's what he wanted to do. Yes. Same way I learned at the podcast. I looked. I researched. I understood. Here. You did the homework. Because guess what? This is audio. And the only thing they're going to hear is your sound. That's it. And they're going to hear the sound of your voice. And if your voice is off, 
they're not trying to hear it. Dude, and, and you people, got the perfect voice, nah, too, for man. the record, yeah? <laughs> nah. I'm trying to make my little deeper and compare <laughs> with yours, man. Like, you got the perfect radio voice. But you just doing it, man. And I love it. I love the, the, the drive. Absolutely, and that yeah. you that it took to get to where you are right now. Um, but going back, looking back at it, like I was going circle back around, that moment you saw your name in print, GQ, how'd that, how'd that feel? It was amazing, man. Like I said, you know, I, I fell in love with GQ because of Glenn O'Brien. You know, hearing his, you know, that column, man, his style guy. Anybody, you know, who's hip to GQ would tell you, man, that's that's legendary status. You know what I'm saying? Like, he just had a way with words that he made his pieces sound like conversational pieces. And I'm nowhere on that level. But I knew from that day forth, I'm like, you know what? Um, I want to be a translator in fashion. You know, uh, anything that I want to be a translator, I want to be able to break it down in a way they can understand, but at the same time, you know, appreciate it. And I, and I, you know, so and, and the thing with fashion too, don't you know, don't get me wrong, um, it's definitely a materialism, um, um, you know, component to it. But I'm not in for it. For I'm like in for style. You know what I'm saying? I like people's style. Style calls you nothing. You know, so GQ helped me with style. So that moment of just you know being able to write for GQ. And just and just seeing the name there, I, I geek. I was like, dude, this is crazy. You know what I'm saying? This has been a goal since I was like 12 years old at the barbershop. You know, I'm just flipping through the pictures and and just seeing it. I was like, wow, this is this is like legit. You know, and amazing. So, right now, are you still you're still writing for them, correct? Or are you doing, so, what are you doing right now with them? And what are you like as far as your writing? Um, if people want to catch your work or just literature, literature, you know. Go ahead. Yeah, so they can. So I still like for GQ like freelance or so on and off. So I'm definitely doing more like online content, online content for them now. Um, but you can go to www.tonythrifts.net and you know you can see all like my work, like, you know, work in print, work online. And you know now I'm smarter because I'm older now. Before I did not have no place with none of my work, you know. And my wife was like, you should have a place for all your stuff is at. And I'm like. I should do that, you know. So now on my website, they can see all my work, everything that I write for. Um, yeah, like past stuff that's in print, stuff that's online, you know, everything, you know, and stuff for brands, you know. Um, used to work with a brand like at the dinner, I did like a lot of editorial content for them and like personal, you know, did like modeling and stuff like them for them. Um, Richard Poor, shout out to them. Different brands that I do stuff for, everything's listed on the website. Because I saw you, you were, again, you, you, you are Baltimore famous. Every time I see you, you on TV. You did, nah, you, you did something for fashion last week. You want to give them a shout out yeah, on what you did last week? Yeah, um, shout out uh, again to Fox 5. Shout out to 6-2 Society as well and Leah, the show producer at Fox 45. Um, it's funny, man, when I did this segment with my sister, um, I responded to Leah, you know, just telling her thank you, you know, for letting us come on. And I forgot my link to my personal website was I, is my signature on my email. Right. And usually, like, I just kind of, I used to go back and delete it because I just, you know, I want, you know, because, you know, Generation Right Now, my publishing company, I hate to get them too mixed up. I didn't delete it this time. I accidentally left it in. And then she emailed me, like, two days before. She was like, you're a personal stylist, too? I'm like, what? What are you talking about? You know, I saw your website. And I'm like, website? I'm like, oh. I, did, I forgot to delete the link from the email. The and she was like, "Yeah, I see you do personal style. You want to come back in in two weeks and, and do like a style segment for like winter wear?" I'm like, 
yeah, I'm like, if y'all ain't getting tired of me, I can, <laughs> I'll come nice, back, you know? Nice. So, um, but, you know, so what I did was, um, I didn't, you know, she wanted me to, you know, kind of style some looks. Um, and, you know, my whole thing is Tony Thrifts, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a thrift junkie, vintage junkie. So I wanted to kind of put some looks together around vintage pieces, secondhand pieces. So, you know, let people know you ain't got to buy at Nordstrom's and Macy's and spend crazy bread all the time. Even though I like Nordstrom, shout out to all of them. But, you know, you can find some vintage and some secondhand pieces just as good. And a lot of times the quality is better because they're older and they're more seasoned. You know what I'm saying? But um, I, I restocked this um, 626 Society. I said, hey, I got a segment coming up. I have no clothes of my own for, for, for these models. Can we, can we partner? You know, can I work? You know, can I style some of the pieces that you have? And they were like, absolutely. Like, come in. Let's do it. And I'm always hesitant because like, I don't, I don't want to be a burden to nobody. In my mind, like even this podcast, like I, I don't want to be a burden. So like, you know. I won't ask for things, you know, even though I want it, I'm just like, eh, he's probably busy or, you know, that person. But my wife is just like, yo, reach out to them. You know, you like, just reach out. Why are you, why are you stressing over this? You know, find some models and find, you know, create partnerships. So I'm like, you're right. Um, shout out to the wife. And I did. And they were like, yeah, let's do it. And so we did it. We got, we, we can't, we, you can't, you can't mess up now. I know it's your story, but shout out to your wife, her business, her business, come on, shout out to her business, come on. Hey, hey you know what, you give me some, you give me a lot of brownie points right now. Shout out to the wife, Melly Manny, um, you know, she got a nail salon in Hampton, uh, Studio L, shout out to everyone in Studio L, they are amazing people, um, all ran by women, great women, entrepreneurs, uh, shout out to the wife, you know, He's, I appreciate that, but hey, that's the alley-oop right hey, there. no problem, no problem. <laughs> so, all right, so we, we've got, we've talked about your writing. We've talked about your style. we talked about, you know, from the barbershop to GQ magazine. Yeah, yeah. Um, now we're going to lighten up a little bit. Okay. We're going to lighten up a little bit. Okay. <laughs> so, you have this infamous thing you do on Instagram. <laughs> and I, my wife and I were looking at it the other day. And my wife was like, are you interviewing a comedian? Because this guy's funny. So then I showed it to my coworkers at my, at my, at my nine to five. And they were like, this dude is funny. <laughs> this dude is really funny. Like, and, um, and, I, and like, it just give people an example. Um, he had, uh, he, he does his, I'm not going to tell you what he does. He'll explain <laughs> to you. But there was a station break during his Instagram story. <laughs> and literally he had, we are the world. The Classic. In the, in the background. <laughs> so it was just the funniest thing. Because I was like, all my coworkers was like, this dude really played. This dude really played. We are the we are the world. <laughs> and Classic and we're right all there. googling like, what, what? Who's all on that record again? You know? <laughs> it's like thirty five plus artists on there. Correct. <laughs> so tell everybody what you do. They, you know, because oh, this is going to segue into what I want to talk about your Instagram page where people can find you. But okay. tell people again. Okay. What, where did this come from? Tell them what you do. Oh man. So on my IG story, I like to make it personal. You know, the thing about my IG. Is that you stepping into somebody's world, you know, essentially. You know, everyone's a brand on IG, even if you don't have a brand. You're a brand. That's in my eyes. So I call you a page. You, you're a brand, you know. And so um, I want people to be in my world, you know. So I like to do IG videos when in the morning I'm opening the door. I'm like, yo, good morning, coffee, cheers, come on in. I want to invite y'all into my life, into my day, you know. And, you know, always got coffee. I love coffee. Like, Books and coffee are two things I'll never deny myself, even when I was broke, you know, I just never denied myself coffee and books. So when we, when you come into my IG and see my video, I'm always have a cup of coffee in my hand. I always offer my viewers coffee, even though, you know, and you'd be surprised at some people that they would send me videos of them drinking coffee, like, yo, coffee, cheers. I'm like, oh, that's dope. You're getting hip. You know what I'm saying? So... 
And I just talk, you know, like Monday, do motivational Mondays, Tuesday, tell you Tuesday, Wednesday, words of wisdom Wednesday, Thursday. I don't know what I do. I think it's a tell you Thursday and Friday for real Friday. I always want to have a message that I that I talk with people to, to lift them up for the day, you know, and then just give them some insight into my home. They can see my crazy dogs, you know, um, and just give them. A, just I just want to give them a moment. And most of it's funny, but most of it's just like honest truth. I just like to talk to people because I feel like you know you gotta connect. You know, some you go to some people Instagram story. And it's too perfect. Like the life is just too perfect. And I'm like, listen, I enjoy the everyday stuff. You know what I'm saying? I want people to enjoy your life is 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 great. You know what I'm saying? Enjoy your life. You know what I'm saying? You ain't gotta be flying first class over here on Monday and then at the Bahamas on Tuesday. It can be as simple as drinking a cup of coffee, you know what I'm saying, going to a bookstore, you know, working on your work, meeting with friends, having dinner, and then coming back home. To me, that's an amazing day. You know, so I like to just create a life that I'm. It's no persona with me, like you know, checking with my. It's what I do every day. No lie, you know what I'm saying. I I don't work, you know, in the sense that I'm not stressed out about work. I do what I love doing every day, and uh, so that's what my Instagram. I want that to reflect that. Like you know, ain't nothing flash with me. I do cool stuff. I be once in a while, like this right here. You know, like this is cool. This is out the ordinary. You know what I'm saying? But no, just every day. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want to put up no facade that I can't keep up. It's just my life. You, you know? know what? And I love that. I love that. You know, because it was. One scene or one day you did you did tell the truth Tuesday. Yes, and that, you I know love and, Tuesday. and always before I I always tell people I always do my research before I interview anybody. You definitely do. Uh, I was like, man, this yeah, yeah, dude. I man, the the email. I was like, man, this dude is terrible. I'm like, dude, I was literally trying to figure out, man. He uh, he got it already figured out. I'm nervous. I, I I never met with someone who already like. They got the drop. You know what I'm saying? You and, and guess what? You you try to differ you try to be different from everybody else. Yeah. You know, I can't be like Joe Smo who can be like Joe Rogan and just go off the top of the head. He already got it made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, oh yeah, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Me, yeah. I'm just trying to make it get get out, get my foot in the door. And, but you got your lane, which I love. And that's what it is. And people listen because they're like, all right, this dude's credible. Yes. He's sitting here, he's asking good questions. He he understands the history of the of the subject. He understands what he's who he's talking to. He's standing on course. I'm not talking about a hundred different things. Yes, and yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you stay focused. Absolutely. So, so and I but let me go back. So go back to your Tuesday. I'm sorry. So I went off a little bit. Tuesday. You said, um you said to me that you said no, what did you say Tuesday? You said that we you had what was I can't now now I'm not thinking right. I'm sorry for everybody. I would like to go to parties, but I always say I'm coming, but oh. I can't come. So I always, <laughs> I always remember lie. you say that. You're like, I'm I coming to a lie. party, and I just remember you saying that. <laughs> that was Tuesday. You're like, I, 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 you're like, I'm telling the truth Tuesday. I, I can't make it. So I thought that was funny to me Dude, when you said that. I, I always lie. I'm not going to lie. I have a hard time telling people no. My wife gives it on me all the time. Because in my mind, it sounds like a good idea when people present it. You know, someone, because Tony... I'm going skydiving tomorrow, man. I want you to join me. We'll have coffee afterwards. Absolutely. Let's do it. You know, I'm not knowing what I'm saying yes to. You know, and then Monday night, I'm like, oh, crap. I told John I'm going skydiving. Why did I say that? You know what I'm saying? And I tell you, yeah, John, man, listen, I'm the wife, man. I got to take it down. You know, I, she got a last minute trip in New York. You know, like, I lied. So I just don't. I, again, man, I'm the worst. I'm just saying, I, 
nah, John, I'm not going skydiving, actually. That's not my cup of coffee. You know what I'm saying? That's just not my cup of tea. But you have fun, though. I can't do it. I have a hard time. I lie all the time. Oh, it's all good. It's you all good. It's all but good. But not maliciously, not though. It's just, you know? Listen, I, we've always been like, hey, I'll, be, I'll meet you there. I'll meet you in 20 minutes. Yeah, in 20 minutes. Yeah. You ain't going to be there. But <laughs> yeah, people like Tony ain't coming. He but ain't coming. Again, where can, let's figure out, where can we, where can we find you okay. on all the social medias? Okay. And I know you already sent your email by your website, but let's do it again. I want to make sure people hear where we can find you. Okay. You can find me on the internet uh, with the S on there. You know, people, we do internets um, <laughs> at TonyThrifts.net. T-O-N-Y-T-H-R-I-F-T-S.net. If you could see my face while I was trying to spell that, you would be laughing. Um, and on Instagram is TonyThrifts. Um, are you on Twitter? Are you? Oh on, yeah, yeah. See, on Twitter. You know, you know, yeah, see, I forget about the Bluebird, man. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, on Twitter, I'm just Tony Logan. Uh, yeah, I'm just Tony Logan. So I'm actually using my government name. All right. Well, what about what about the, what about the book Facebook? Uh, oh yeah, Facebook. I'm on Facebook too. Tony Logan. Um, on Facebook. Okay. So I use real legit names for half of the websites and the other websites. I'm just uh. Um, you know my, my my fake name, my street name. That's all right. That's you know all right. I mean? That's so you, all right. Get, you so you get half and half. Well, you know? and and I'm glad we got to sit down. I'm glad we got to sit down and talk because it's a great connection. You yes. and I talking, and I really wanted your story to be told because we always hear all these negative things about Baltimore City, and yes. you're doing something very positive with the schools. Yes. You're helping out schools, helping kids learn how to write. Yeah, and and and, and publish their own 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 book. Um, you're an acclaimed. You're you're a writer. You're doing your yeah. thing. You're a stylist. You're a stylist, Man, and you're helping out the community, and that's a beautiful thing. And that needs to be embraced more instead of hearing something about something negative. Yeah, and, I I love it. I, I do. I'm from I'm from Virginia. And so, but I always been a city person. And 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 I'm gonna say, man, not when, when I moved to Baltimore, like with my wife, like. I was like, yo, Baltimore is a beautiful, unique place, you know, like no other. Like, of course, I, I love New York, of course, you know, um, but Baltimore has that city feel, you know, that is, again, it's like like no other, you know, and it's like a community where creators really thrive at. Women entrepreneurs are killing it, you know what I'm saying? And, I, and, and it has a rough edge to it, but it's beautiful in the, and once you get inside of it, you know what I'm saying? So for me... Um, I love it. I embrace it. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm coming from Virginia. So for me, you know, just, just connect with people like you who've been here, who's seen the transformation and everything. I appreciate it. Like, I love it. You know, I, you know, we need allies, man, to build. You know what I'm saying? You need people to build with. You know what I'm saying? And Baltimore, like you said, does get a bad rep. By the time my new segment came on, man, we had to sit through three just depressing stories before it came. It was like, you know, gunshot, you know, at 12 o'clock at night at Baltimore down the street, and someone else got robbed, you know, on Thursday, and then you know what I'm saying? Kid went missing, and then we have Tony and Ashley, he's going to be speaking about publishing in Baltimore. I'm like, sheesh, you right, know what I'm saying? Right, but but right. we, we forget all the beautiful parts about Baltimore, and, you know, and that's why beautiful I, stuff. And this is why I'm doing the podcast. See, and you shining that light. I, I'm getting the message to people, and I'm and I and everybody's doing something. People are doing something. They, everybody has a story to tell. Everybody. And you know what? You know, I'm sure your autobiography that's, is going to come out. I'm sure it's going to come out. But everybody dude, has a story to tell. I don't care who line. you are. That's a line. I, I, I always say everybody got to do. Literally. Everybody does. I just geeked out. It's all good. Everybody does. Yes. You may not want to submit it, but you have a story. You have and a you story. went through something to get to where you are right now. Absolutely. So, again, I appreciate this brother coming on. Man, thank uh, you I for really, I really wanted to uplift and just, you know, let people know. We have things going on 
And I hope this story can resonate with listeners out there. You know, hey, you might have a son, you may have a cousin or a child or a daughter or whatever it may be. Give them something they might like to read. Yes. It's the small things you start off. And I know. And I'm going to leave you with this crazy note. Okay. I had this really cool girl I went to high school with. Um, she was like a five foot two, cool little chick, you know, Jewish girl. Chill. She was, <laughs> but guess what? She was an excellent writer. But guess what? She was the best freestylist in the, in the school. Ooh. Because she, the, because she could write. The words and the, the words. bars. And that, when she would out freestyle the brothers. Mm. See that knowledge. See, see, see uh, how vocabulary gets, gets extensive when you right. read those books. You yep. know, that's what it. So we gotta you, love it, man. Just got, so again, I just want to give you a little drop. No, I respect that, yo. I respect that. See, but again, everybody, we love this podcast. I hope you just keep on listening, and hopefully, we can get Tony back on. I would love to get man, back on, dude. I would I, love because I want some of the movers and shakers in Baltimore that are out there. I want them, and I want them to be on this show because I feel like we have a good network of people. You know, yes. we're not flashy. I'm not trying to show you I'm throwing up bottles. We're not doing all this stuff. We're talking about real life stuff here. Real life. And this is what it's all about. And I appreciate you coming on. Man, listen, I appreciate all the hospitality, you know, just from, from, from the beginning, man. I mean, dude, you, the brothers done bought me coffee. As soon as I came, man, it was, it was like literally out the car, come on, we're going to the cafe. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, dude, I love that. Like, dude, you professional from start to finish. And, um, man, I, I love that you, that you are highlighting people's stories because, you know, People got to realize there's value to their stories. You know, everyone got a story, like you say, but not everybody values it. So I'm glad that you got people like you who are able to, you know, project their voice, you know, where normally wouldn't got, you know, there's not a lot of platforms that they could have went to, you know, that's out there. But they got you who able to do that. And that's important, man. That's how we make change, through stories, man. It's a you know, thing. Yeah, absolutely. Voices, man. All right, folks. We out. We out. Coffee cheers. Cheers.